0: Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. This week, we have a conversation about being real with God. ourselves, with God, and with others. That is the topic for the month of June, and uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, we've done we've done different interviews and different things before where we've talked about different things. Mother's Day was one of those days. We had um, When we talked about small groups, we did the same thing. Moving on from that, I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be real with God. We talked last week about being real with ourselves, and we talked about um, just real on a, on a simple thing is, you know, sometimes we feel like we need to... Um, to always put on this front uh, as a Christ follower, as a Christian. And, uh, and sometimes we feel like, man, I feel like I'm being fake by, by always putting this front on. And, uh, and one of the things that we said last week is, you know, just being able to put a smile on your face and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're being fake. I believe that it means you're being faithful. That there's a there's a certain persona that you are you're you're displaying, and that is as a Christ follower, as a one that is a believer. And sometimes when it's in your workforce, or if it's on a Sunday morning, when you feel like, man, I just don't feel like I'm completely there. You know what? That's fine. Have a conversation with somebody. Talk to somebody. But but that doesn't mean that you you, you can't um, have a, have a great uh, a great feeling about you because we we represent a, a a God that loves us and cares for us. We're not perfect, but there's something special about us. That's something that we said last week. And so when we are um, when we are. Uh, putting on a, a on a smile, even though that uh, we may not necessarily feel like it. Sometimes it's just being faithful. Sometimes, not all the time, but it's just being faithful. It's saying, you know what? I believe that God is going to do something great in my life, and I believe that there is something so much better for, for me because of what he did for me. And so I'm going to let my, my my feeling, my actions catch up with my feeling uh, a little bit later. So, um, And I, I think that's something that's important to say again. Uh, so that was with ourselves. And today we're going to talk about the, our conversation is going to be about being real with God, and, and, uh, and, and I, Anthony is a friend of mine. Anthony has been, um, I, he's been a friend of mine, uh, but a distant friend of mine. I've, we've never been super close until recently, um, but uh, from real, um, in, in ministry, uh, even before I was in ministry, that's when I met Anthony, and uh, he's, he's kind of just been somebody that has been around, that I've been around, I've seen from time to time, and, uh, and, and fast forward into this, this journey of becoming uh, and launching a church uh, Anthony was there from the very beginning, and uh, it's kind of a unique thing. Uh, when I responded to the call, uh, I believe that God had called me to start a church. Um, Anthony was randomly there. He was—I can't really place the whole thing without going into a whole big details of just what the whole scenario was. But we were at a conference together. He was there with some other people. I was there with some other people. I responded to the call to start a church, and uh, and I was literally by myself, like at the altar responding to the Lord's calling in my life. And, um, and Anthony was there as well with his other people, and he looked over at me and he said, hey, you wanna come stand with us? Like, that's really kind of, sometimes, like, when we're talking about anchor groups, when we're talking about being connected and being with people, sometimes that's all it really takes is just that invitation to say, hey, come sit with me. Hey, don't be by yourself, just come be with us. And that's really what he did. He, he invited me to, hey, don't stand by yourself. Like, this is an important moment in, in your life, potentially, don't be by yourself. Once you come stand with us? And so I, I, I came and stood over next to them, and I was worshiping just what, what God was doing in that moment. And, uh, and it was an important moment for me. When I think back on it, it was a really pivotal, pivotal time in my life. And, uh, and Anthony was there. He's been there for a lot of different things, but he's been there for a lot of conversations. So
1: you, you may not know this, but the rest of my group was just hanging back, and I was like, what's going on? And I yeah. saw you up there. I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm going up front. Like, this is important. So I actually saw you. You went forward because I left I left was... all my group and came to join oh, you. Really? I didn't yeah. even
0: know that. So that's funny. <laughs> so there you go, um, that's pretty cool. Um, so, so when we were talking about this, what it means to be real um, with ourselves, with God, and with others, I was just talking to me. Anthony is somebody that I kind of bounce some ideas off of. Rob is, if you if you know Rob, Rob is over here playing the electric guitar. He's also somebody that I bounce some ideas off of and some other people. Uh, and I got into this conversation with Anthony about. What we were doing in this series, and, and, and he, was saying, he was giving me some thoughts and some insights on, on a couple of different things, and, and so we got into a conversation about what it means to be real with God, and he was offering some great insight, and I was like, man, this is great. And so we, we kind of had a really good conversation going on. This was, this was in real life, not on the phone. We had another great oh, conversation yeah. on the phone, but in real, in real life. <laughs> um, But we were talking and and I was like, man, this would be so cool. Like, I wish everybody could be that fly on the wall in this moment right now. Right. And, And hear what what this conversation is, because I was learning from him. He was probably learning a little bit from me. I was probably giving him perspective, I don't know. Anyway, but we were going back and forth and I was like, man, it'd be really cool for for other people to hear this conversation. So when it came to us sharing what we're talking about today, I thought it would be really cool for us to kind of recreate that and be able to have that conversation again this morning. So I wanna invite Anthony up here on the stage to be able to share with us. And and really what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you some questions and kind of go over some things. But first... I want, to address, I want to address this. Over the last week, we've lost a couple um, important, not important, well, important, sure, whatever. You can define whether they're important or not. But um, some pivotal, some well-known people as a result of suicide. And, and I think that when we're talking about the, the conversation of, of being real, uh, I think that sometimes that's what people um, get lost in. They get lost in this shuffle of what's real, what's fake, what I can live up to, what I can't live up to. And ultimately, some people just don 't have somebody to reach out to because there's there 's this wall and so with us talking about this conversation today, I wanted to point that out because it 's so important for us to be able to break down these barriers sometimes sometimes it feels like we 're' maybe we 're wearing a mask where we 're not necessarily the people the person that we 're portraying to somebody else or to the world around us is not the real person that 's in on the inside and so I want to be able to point that out because God knows who we are. He loves you regardless of what's on the inside or what's on the outside. He loves you very much. And, and we say that you're not perfect, but there's something special about you. And what's special about you is that God loves you. He cares for you. He died on the cross as a, as a way to end the imperfections in this world and in this life, which includes yourself. And so I wanted to point that out because I, I think sometimes we have this obstructed view of who God is. And a lot of it's because of the culture that we live in. And and sometimes we we view God as 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 something that He's not. And so, before we get into our conversation, I want to set it up with this video because I believe that I, and I found a clip from uh, last week. We showed a clip from from one of my favorite TV shows, Stranger Things. Uh, I I yeah woo yeah okay. Um, this week I know another popular show is The Big Bang Theory, which I'm not a, I've never seen it, but I know that uh, woo. <laughs> Some of you are like hesitant. <laughs> Is that allowed in church? Yeah. Um, but I know that it's a popular show, and I know that they deal within the subjects and in the in the realm of of things that are religious and in God. Um, and so I wanted, I knew there had to have been a clip that would have potentially set up our conversation today. So I found one, and I want to share that with you. We're probably going to have to slide it out of the way so everybody can see it. But but here, what is what I believe culture sometimes sets up as a a viewer as an example of, of, of what we believe or who we believe God is. I think it's all even on sale. They're
1: what? They're
0: not oh, supposed it? to be available yet. I don't
1: know what to tell you but they're on sale. Wait, wait, are you
0: sure they're Star Wars tickets?
1: No. it's Steel Magnolia's too even steelier. <laughs> <laughs> the website's frozen. I can't get in. Yeah, Same too. here. But guys, they're gonna sell out. What are we gonna do? All right. This goes against everything I stand for but desperate times call for desperate measures. Lord. <laughs> This is Sheldon Cooper. You're good friends with my mom. I know I've spent my life denying that you exist. Up. Yeah, and I will continue to do so. All
0: right, so that's kind of going to set up the conversation. The idea that that God is kind of this, almost like this personal genie, that he's somebody that is distant from us. Um, there's probably more ways to define who Sheldon believes God is, but, you know, and there's a lot of ways to look at that. The moment that he got down on his knees and started to pray, something happened for him the way that he wanted, um, but then he immediately denied and stood back up and, and didn't acknowledge the fact that that, um, that God might have had a hand in that, and sometimes that's how we are. The only time that we talk to God is when we want something, and then immediately we get something, we're like, okay, well, I'm done. You know, like, we don't, we don't need to have that conversation with him anymore. So uh, I wanted that to set up because I believe that when we look at culture, that's, that, that's, who we view God as. And so um, to get into that and to talk about us being real and, 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 and even with the, the current events of suicide and the things like that, we talk about what prevents us from being real um, with God or maybe even understanding who God is. And that could be real with ourselves, but it could be what prevents us from being real with God. Um, what do you think are some things, Anthony, that, that prevent us from being real with, with him?
1: Well, you mentioned one uh, right off the bat, and I'm glad those those masks that, that we wear, we have uh, all of us from our past, the baggage that we carry, our present stuff that we've got going on, um, we have these motivations uh, usually draw back to fear or shame or or anger, those types of things that are motivating us to um, build up what we think are these impenetrable walls that nobody can get through, and I don't have to show everybody my true face, and uh, really all that we're doing is deceiving ourselves and, and tricking ourselves into thinking that you know nobody can see our vulnerabilities and stuff like that. So that's one of the biggest things is to strip down all of the the walls and take off the masks and all the, the fakeness um, and stand just kind of warts and imperfections and all uh, and tell everybody this is who I am, tell God this is who I am and I'm not gonna try to fake it anymore. Um that's probably another, actually, this is a shameless plug for one of our anchor groups. Um, if you want to talk about how to do that, uh, I'm leading a group through uh, the Enneagram, which is a personality uh, study over the summer.
0: Anybody familiar with that? The, how do you say it? Enne- Enneagram. Enneagram. Is that nobody? Any, nobody? Okay, I see some heads. I see, I see that hand. All right, go ahead. All right, I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. so
1: if that, if that angle interests you, then uh, we've got a whole summer to talk about that. But um, the other thing I think uh, that keeps us from being real is, is selfishness. Um, whether we want to uh, admit it or not, we have this, this flawed view of even what the gospel is. Um, gospel being the, the good news, right? That's a Greek word for, for good news. And Paul always refers to it as the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes we distort that and we turn it into the good news about us, uh, that we talk about Jesus died on the cross, but we always throw in for me, right? And everything eventually kind of turns around to this, the gospel is about me and everything that Jesus did is about me. And we, we lose sight of the fact that actually everything that God does is for him, um, So our our selfishness uh, and our self-centeredness is kind of keeping us from being real with God because we're not able to see God the way that God sees himself. Uh, So I think that's what we wanted to talk about. uh, How do we kind of
0: shift perspective a little bit? Yeah, see see God the way that he sees himself is really kind of the main thing that we'll be talking about today. And what I love about that, just the subject you know from the very beginning of this year we 've talked about from the stage how John three hundred and thirty should represent who we are, that he must increase in our life, and we must decrease it 's something we talked about specifically even last week, and it 's something that I believe shapes the course of my life because I think about the different things that that are in my life and, and the way that I respond to things and, and honestly the way that, that I respond to sin in my life typically is, 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 do I believe that God is more or less in my life? And if he's, if he's less, then, then I typically, you know, it's more about me. And so I, for a long time, because I, I, when you get a little older, I feel like you realize how selfish you are. You know what I mean? Like, like for me, when I got married, I found out immediately that I, I thought it was all about me, right? <laughs> Still kind of is. Um, and then I thought it was fine. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I got, I got married, and like two became one, and that's awesome. And like I kind of understand, and like I still want it to be about me, and and um, and, and, and 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 that is like a, a daily battle, you know, even in my marriage. But, um, but like then I had kids. Like four years after we got married, I had kids, and then and then very very soon, very very quickly, I learned, <laughs> like, <laughs> it is not about me. Like, that was the hardest when I when I had kids. When I when I first had kids when i realized man i am super I, when i married selfish when i had kids man i'm super selfish so ever since i think i had kids i've been on this constant battle against myself so with that being said
1: but you have two things going on you realize i i can't be as selfish as i want to be yeah. and man i've got i've got these little rugrats that are doing yeah. everything that i hate about myself and i'm trying to call them out on and i can't do that without fixing it myself too yeah that's true
0: <laughs> like they're getting older and i realize that yeah Thanks for pointing that out. So, um, all right. So, with this, with this being said, you put it back on the screen. That, that the main topic of seeing God, um, the way that He sees Himself. All right. You told me that, and for me, when I first heard you say that, I was like, "Oh, what does that mean?" And so, what, what do you, what do you mean when you say that? Uh well I've
1: been I was at a conference years ago uh, I don't know if you have any moments in your life that you can look back and say that particular thing somebody said some event that happened that completely changed your perspective on how you see the world um and I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh Guy named John Piper, but he tends to do that regularly. Um, so I heard him live uh, speak, and he was he was just reading like a an op ed article that was kind of written to him. And the lady was saying, "So what I'm hearing you say, and all the things that you talk about, is um, God is an egomaniac, and I don't think that's what you're saying. So can can you help me understand?" And then he spent the rest of that message basically saying, "Yes." Absolutely, God is an egomaniac, and that 's a good thing for all of us that that God is focused on what God wants, God is focused on his glory, uh, his name being famous, and uh, he he walked through kind of the entirety of the Bible. Um, and just realizing that, man, all of the things that God does is for his glory. And we happen to get kind of the residual side effects and benefits of it. But God doesn't do anything if it's not motivated for this is what I want. This is what brings me fame and honor. And we, if we want to really understand who God is and understand how God works, um, so we get to the point where we're not saying, well, why did God do that? Why did God do that? We've got to reframe our perspective so we see it from that light of, is God glorified in this? And if so, how? Uh, instead of saying, why all the time?
0: Yeah, I think it kind of flips the script a little bit on us. And we're talking about God's light. We're, and I'm realizing right now that the lights are just now starting to do what they do. So for those of you that are visiting with us today, this is, this. is welcome to Anchor Church. This is what it's been. I don't know why it does this, but the last three weeks it's been doing this. Uh, it takes some time for it to happen, but it's, I think it's just God acknowledging that, yes, I'm, I'm here. So um, so bear with us on that. That'll be the only time I mention the lights, but I, I want to acknowledge it because some of you don't know. <laughs> some of you are wondering why somebody is flickering the lights. We have no control over that. We literally don't. So um, so with that being said, in regards to, you know, kind of viewing things a little bit differently, uh, can, you give, can you give us an example of how we might, you know, Misinterpret or kind of look at something one way, but really it could be uh, interpreted a whole lot differently. Um, as we're looking at God's perspective versus maybe our perspective. Yeah. Uh, do we have the, these verses? They're they're on the hub. I didn't put them on the screen because okay. there's so many of them. So yeah. Um, but um, but if again, if you have your hub queued up you, you you can follow along at this point now you'd be able to follow along with everything that we're talking about so that it's not too much for you yeah so let me
1: um, let me set the stage here uh, in malachi 3 if you're following along malachi 3 starting in verse 6 um and this is while you're looking for it this is a passage that we usually uh when we're getting ready to take up the offering we'll come up here and we'll talk about this is super important that god says if you give then he'll give you blessings and over and abundantly he'll pour out um but if you look at it in context, which you know me, that's that's my thing. Is yeah. let's look at things in context, and it probably isn't saying what you think it says. Um, if you look at it in context, it kind of paints a different picture. So, starting in verse six, I am the Lord, and I do not change. And you could probably spend a couple of weeks just on that. There, uh, this uh, that is why your descendants of you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of Heaven's Armies. But you ask, how can we, turn, we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And if you've ever read Malachi, this entire thing is a back and forth between God and the people. And God's saying, I'm going to say this, and I know you well enough to know you're actually going to say this. So let me go ahead and answer your questions. Um, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vines before they are ripe, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. So,
0: I love it. he says try it.
1: Yeah, Try me. Yeah, put me to the test. Yeah, put me, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's, there's at least, there's probably more different ways you could interpret this, but I I kind of can pick out four different things. And and you mentioned like as as a kid, we're super selfish and we realize as adults, hey, I'm super selfish. So we got to figure out, am I going to stay that way or am I going to change? That's really kind of how we look at, uh, we approach God too, is kind of these four different
0: developmental stages. Um, so, as, you're as talking infants, about so just to, yeah. just set it out. You're talking about like as far as uh, in our relationship with Him, whether we are. I mean,
1: that's that, the first, that's first time option, that's I happened. Guess, yeah. So,
0: you know, I, did, I said I wasn't going to mention it again, but. you know. That, <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, we're talking about different stages in, in, in within our relationship in our in our. Uh, um, uh, maturity in the Lord, basically.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, depending on our development, it's not just, hey, I'm a super mature Christian in all things, and I've been walking with God for 30 years. I think even somebody who's been like that can have missteps, and they may still be, you know, acting like a child in other ways. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we gotta be careful that we don't just kind of classify this person is a mature Christian in all things. There's probably stuff that we all need to learn and develop, and we can learn from each other. Um, but yes, okay. mostly it's, it's a maturity thing, yeah. Um, so those of you who have kids, you can walk with me a little bit easier and understand a little bit easier. But, um, one perspective may be the way that a baby, an infant would look at this. And look, I have no idea what you're talking about. This is the first time I'm hearing any of this. And so uh, sure. It says, try it. I'll try it. It says, you know, you cheated me of, of the ties. Well, I didn't know. Uh, so an infant kind of is, I didn't know anything. This is this ignorance idea. But then you start to teach your kids a little bit more, and and you start to instruct them and repeat things over and over again. And eventually you expect them to obey, right? Uh, so eventually you grow up a little bit more, and then it's, I told you this is what you're supposed to do. And the kid says, no, I'm not going to do it because we have this this self-centered focus. Uh, and so if you're thinking from that point of view, then we look at it, we see, okay, bring tithes. And if you do, I'll pour out a blessing. And the the kid says, the kid in all of us says, oh, oh, that's what's in it for me. Cool. I wasn't going to do it, but if there's some sort of positive benefit that I get, awesome. So now I'll actually give a little bit and I'll, I'll test God and I'll see if he gives back. And if he doesn't, I'm out, right? Because that's kind of the kids, oh, you promised me this. Are you going to actually do it? Cool. And then we do this Oh, every time
0: we do potty training, right? I and now I myself. get a piece of candy, yeah, I catch my, right? Yeah, every I single catch, time. I catch myself with my kids all the time yeah. doing that. Like, <laughs> I think if I, okay, if I say yes now, is it going to always be a yes or, you know, yeah, anyway. Yeah. And then we grow up a little bit
1: more and uh, it's like the teenage years, the, the adolescence idea and... Uh, I I said they're they're characterized more by service. You start to realize, I have responsibilities. There's things that people are counting on me for. There's things that I can't just outright say, no way, uh, I can't do that. Uh, Or we go through this, I have responsibilities and I have rebellion, this back and forth swing. If you look at it from that perspective, then uh, you, you hear things like, you're under a curse because you've been cheating me. And bring all the tithes. It's not just bring some money, it's bring all the tithes. And the adolescent says, well, how can I be obedient? And a lot of times that's where we stop and we say, look, if we can just practice obedience and following God, doing what he says to do, if we can serve, we can plug into the church, we can do all the things that people are asking us to do, then we're good. This is where God wants us to be. And I feel like that's where we stop a lot of times in our maturity and we don't get to the point where God wants us to be, which is this idea of maturity where we look at it and we see the big picture and we understand the motivation behind everything. Where if you see the context, he says, you've been under a curse and it's because you have not focus on what's really important, which is bringing all the tithes so that my house has food. The entire thing kind of hinges on my house having food. So the adults will look at this and say, okay, what brings glory to God? It's not just about obedience, but how do I obey? How do I do things in order to bring glory to God? Um, so the, the mature believer will hear all that and say, Bring all the tithes so there's enough food in my temple. And then all the nations will look ar- around and say, there's so much blessing going on. There must be something that God's doing because there's, you, we can't explain it any other way. And so God actually gets recognition from people who don't even know about him because of all that.
0: So just to put it on to a little bit of perspective, um, cliff notes um, into the Justin perspective, as I like to say. Uh, you know we can all face different obstacles or different things or different things happen in our lives and, and, and this is the same thing you know God has given a word here uh, and a challenge, uh, and we can all face something a little bit more differently more differently. We can all face something a little differently we can all respond differently and and depending on our level of our maturity in our faith and in our religion in our in our walk with Christ, uh, we can all um, Begin to uh, respond differently. I guess is kind of what I'm trying to say, without being distracted by the lights. Congratulations to whoever got all the lights off, because I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, But here, just to kind of catch us up a little bit, we can all kind of view things a little bit differently. Life happens. We're going through something difficult. The infant in our faith will respond one way. Our, uh, as you said, the um, the child in our faith would respond another way. The adolescent in our faith would respond even a more different way. And a mature uh, uh, in our faith would respond in a different way. We all have different perspectives. I think we can all agree on that. We can all look at somebody and in, in, in something you may have even counseled or given advice to somebody and uh, something where they told you what was happening and you'd say, oh, no, I don't view it that way. I view it more like this. And it's not as bad as you think. Have you ever told somebody that it's not as bad as you think? You can say it right now. How about, it's not as bad as you think, right? Like, have you ever said that before? Typically, when we say that, it's because we view it a little bit differently, sometimes from a more mature perspective, and that's kind of what you're saying here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I hear these verses a lot that we get this mantra of uh, what well, God says, if you give, then you'll get, and then you can give and get, and this back and forth thing. But like I mentioned earlier, we our focus is in the wrong spot. Um, it's backwards. The focus is then on me, Um, And as much as we like to believe that we're the center of God's uh, affection and his attention, the truth is that we happen to just be beneficiaries of the overflow of him making himself famous, which at least to me is an amazing idea. So God wants us to get to the point uh, where you give not just because he demands it, but because you realize that he deserves it. And that's the switch between this, this adolescent idea and giving God the glory. God deserves it, not just because he demands it. He wants you to fill his house with food. So in our case, with, with your time, your talents, your treasures, and you like to throw in the testimony, testimony right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Because him getting glory is the best thing for everyone. So that's the big perspective shift.
0: Yeah. So we, we see that example. Let's real quick run through this yeah. portion Uh, of just some examples that we see through scripture. And and you pointed out that we see examples of this in scripture, in past, at the cross, and even in the future. And if you could kind of run through those. Yeah,
1: so real quick, um, Isaiah 43, 6, I won't wait for you to, to look for this at all, but says, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. So we have creation as a, the very start of everything was done for God to get the glory. All
0: right, I'll read uh, this next one just yeah, go ahead. to kind of mix it yeah. up. Yeah. Psalm 106, verses 7 through 8. Our fathers rebelled against the Most High at the Red Sea, yet he saved them for his name's sake that he might be made or uh, make his name uh, power. All right. again, the glory is the emphasis here.
1: Yeah, so that was rescuing the Israelites out of Egypt. That was done so God would be famous. Uh, Ephesians 1, 4 through 6, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise and glory of his grace. So God choosing each and every one of us who are going to be uh, Christians, again, is done specifically so that he gets all the praise and
0: glory. So we see that in the past. Yeah. We see it at the cross as well. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, John 12, uh, just as Jesus praying right before um, He is crucified. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do so again. When the crowd heard the voice, uh, some thought it was thunder while others declared an angel had spoken to him. Then Jesus told them, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. The time for judging the world has come when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. And when I'm lifted up, again, this idea of being made famous, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. So the crucifixion of Jesus was done specifically so that God
0: is made famous. All right. And then John 17, verse one, it says, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up at heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. And then further in verse four, it says, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work that you gave me
1: to do. Yeah, so Jesus coming as a baby, Jesus dying, and all the work that he said that he completed was done 100% because he wanted to glorify the father. Again, yeah. the
0: same thing. See God the way he sees himself. He is. He's in this thing. When you read through scriptures, you cannot deny the fact that it really is about God's glory, a lot of times we insert ourselves, but let's remove ourselves, make less of us, make more of Christ, make more of God and see where his thumbprint is in this throughout the whole, the whole, um, the whole collection of books where he's in it for his glory. 1 uh, Thessalonians 1, verses nine through 10, he comes on the day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at all who have believed and this is coming into the future.
1: Yeah, so that's a Jesus coming back. He's coming back so that he can be glorified. And everybody will marvel at him. So past, present, we're looking at the future now. Uh, John 17, uh, part of this prayer that uh, Justin just referenced there. Father, I desire they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory. So in the future, I want my disciples to be back with me to see me in full glory in heaven. um, That you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. And I think this is my favorite one here. This revolution. next one? Yeah.
0: I was yeah. about to skip it, so I guess I won't do that. Uh, because I, I want to get down to it. We'll read it. Let's read it real quick, but then I want to I get into a practical sense of, of where, yeah, yeah. where we can take this, okay? Uh, Revelation 4, verses 8 through 11. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over the eyes, the inside and the out, day after day and night after night, and keep on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was, who is, and is yet to come. Whenever the living uh, things give glory and honor, and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives there forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship and the one sitting on the th- the one sitting on the throne, it's all, this whole idea of just worshiping and glorifying. You are worthy
1: to receive glory, honor, power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. It, to me, everybody asks, well, what are we going to do in heaven? This. And if that's not good enough for you, then this is your problem, is not seeing God the way that God sees himself. If, that's an, if that is a boring idea to you, then we're operating in that childhood mindset of what do I get out of it? It's not what you get out of it. God gets all the glory, and that will be enough for us then.
0: Yeah, it, 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 just to even touch on that for just one second, the other day I had a like a weird, hard conversation with my daughter. Um, she has this little stuffed animal that she calls Big Baby that she absolutely loves and adores, right? And we're, we, you know, just... Afterlife and all these other things, it's weird. But conversation, you know, going to heaven and all that is a very normal conversation in our household. And the other day, Jilly asked me, she said, Daddy, when I go to heaven, is Big Baby going to be in heaven with me? And I'm like, uh... <laughs> uh, no, you know, like, but again, that's the childlike, you know, uh, anticipation of understanding everything. And so I had to walk through that delicately because I didn't want to make heaven seem like this awful place because big baby's not going to be there. (laughs) But, but, um, but yeah, it's that, I mean, to paint a picture of an adolescent or a child and just how we view things differently, that's a perfect example of that. So, but more practically, okay, more practically, uh we we talked about this and I even asked you I think when we were talking about it, I said you know okay so this is great like God is all about himself and he wants the glory like where does that fit in with everyday life it's a big persp- uh, perspective change but practically how does it matter why does it affect and how should it affect the way that I live my life um and so I want to ask you that like how does that how does that fit in with just the day to day yeah, and that's one of the things that I sometimes struggle with. I like ideas. I like
1: concepts. I like this idea of a big God. Um, and so sometimes I forget to kind of land the plane and say, well, what does it mean for my everyday life? So when he asked that, I was like, hmm, let me think about it a little bit more. Um, but I think, I think you like what I came up with, right? So I was trying to, to get it on paper. It. Um, so the first thing I thought of was that it, it eliminates the importance of myself, uh, it, I'm not as important as I think I am. And thanks to VeggieTales, we we all know God may be special. He loves me very much, right? Um, but it blows up any misconceptions that I might have about God being lucky to have me on his team. Um, it, it's actually the opposite. I'm the lucky one uh, to be able to be a part of carrying out any small bit of his plan. So, so this whole, like, overinflated sense of ego is kind of out the door. If God's not focused on me, God's focused on God. So that's one thing. Um, it... It eliminates any sort of unnecessary guilt. When something happens in my life, I don't necessarily have to look at it and say, is that, is that bad karma? Like, is God punishing me for this? Because if I look at it from the perspective of even these bad things, how is this, how is God getting glory? God's not going to punish me in order for him to be glorified because I'm not gonna be able to do that in the moment.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's important yeah. because sometimes I think, you know, like, oh man, God doesn't like that I just did that. Well, if you really take a step back for a minute how much does that elevate who you are? Like, like God thinks you're <laughs> stepping on His toes, so I'm gonna am I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell Him. Like, I mean, that really yeah. elevates who you know. And again, that's it's a, it's a self thing, but again, it, but it should eliminate any unnecessary guilt. I love that. Yeah. Uh, the third
1: thing it does is that it eliminates comparison. Um, if if self is not important, then I also know better than anybody else, uh, and I'm no worse. It's Jesus, and then it's the rest of us, right? And so there's no pecking order. And then, uh, if there's no pecking order, there's no competitiveness to win God's favor. Which at least for me is super freeing—that I can live my life the way that God's called me to live it, and I don't have to look over my shoulder and see, well, am I doing it the way Justin's doing it? Because it doesn't matter. Am I doing it as well as Justin's doing it? It doesn't matter. I stay in my lane and I do what God's calling me to do, and so the comparison thing is out the door too.
0: That's an incredible freeing thing as well. I think sometimes and a lot of times we get into that compare game. We get into the Instagram compare. We get into the the Facebook compare, and we start to look at all these different people that. We potentially would want to be, but that's not who God has called you to be. And I think that's so important for us to recognize that and be exactly who God has called you to be. And, and if you're not chasing after that, then I want to encourage you today to really just pursue what God wants you to do. Uh, for me, that was a really big obstacle just even early on in ministry, because when I got into ministry uh, close to 10 years ago for the very first time, I didn't know really what I was doing um, within the context of, of student ministry, and so I had to really study and, and, and just understand what other youth ministries and student ministers were doing. And, and when you do that, you learn, and it's a great way for you to learn. You can learn by watching others, but at the same time, you're also starting to compare yourself to others. And so I started to do that, and, and it's a really, it's a difficult and it's a slippery slope to fall to, to get yourself into. So
1: you not only had youth ministers, but I, I know your entire. Family, you married into that's that's big shadows to
0: <laughs> I mean, a little bit, but not a big deal. Um, right? Um, but yeah, no, it, it's yeah, you get into that you get into that compare game, and it's, it's, not a, it's not a safe journey to be. So, so be who you are, be who God has called you to be. And, uh, and, and what's great about this idea that that God receives the glory, God is about his glory, God is about um, wanting to, to to receive this fame from who we are and what we do so live out your life respond to your calling so that god receives the glory and and it doesn't it doesn't none of that matters like just chase after who god is and what he wants you to do and at the end of the day he's going to be he's going to be satisfied if 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 that's what you're doing if you're chasing after god if you're wanting to pursue after him if you want to know what your calling is and really actively engaged in in chasing after it he's going to be well pleased he's going to be If that is your constant drive and your constant passion to be after what God wants, to be like a David, a man after God's own heart, he's going to be well pleased. If we look back at David's life in in the Old Testament, David did not have this polished, perfect life that he lived out at all. If I need to break it down for you, I will. Just give me some time. (laughs) But it's a long laundry list of the things that he was involved in that he shouldn't have been involved in. He's much like us. But at the same time, he was a guy guy that was after God's own heart. He was actively and pursuingly chasing after God, and he was well-pleased. So I want to challenge you with that, that you don't have to play the compare game. Continue to to, to chase after God.
1: Uh, The fourth thing is that it eliminates confusion. Uh, We don't have to wonder anymore about God's motivation. God's motivation is what it always has been. Um, so the questions, why do good things happen to bad people? That comes up a lot, right? Why does God allow bad things to happen in the world? All those things are answered with the understanding that he does everything to further his name, further his glory, make his name famous. Uh, so, And it's hard for us, and maybe even impossible, because we're so short-sighted, we don't see the big picture, um, to understand what that really looks like. Uh, and sometimes it even sounds like a cop-out answer if you stop there. But if you really dig deep, it, it's it's moving. Um, We don't have perspective on things, but my tragedy, we we had the Finley Project, right? Uh, That was last month. Um, She's a perfect example. My tragedy could end up being the catalyst for thousands of others to come to know the love of Jesus, where they would have never been able to without that. Um, and, And it may be that I'm planting seeds along the way in the midst of all the things that are going on, and I don't even get to see the fruits of that. But again, if it's not about me, then at the end of my life, I can look back and see, oh, God was moving. God was moving, and I didn't see it then, and I didn't get any recognition, I didn't get wealthy or famous because of all of it, but God did.
0: I think the more mature, mature you use that, that time frame again, that more maturity that we obtain in our walk with Christ, the more we can actually look back and be able to see that, and yeah. I think that that's the case. I think a lot of times in our adolescence, in our childhood, in faith, we could look at something and say, oh, why God? But when we look at it later on in our maturity, we can say, oh man, look at what God was doing. And I yeah. think that that's important. And I think that, again, eliminates the, the the confusion. I think that's great. And the final one. Yeah, the last one. It, it just frees me to be who God's created me to be. Um, with
1: all, if, if we eliminate the self-importance, the guilt, the comparison, the confusion, the other things that I mentioned there, I can just be, um, which is, that's sometimes one of my hardest things. I wanna do, 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 I wanna learn, I wanna grow. And sometimes just sitting and being with God doesn't feel like it's enough. But if I can eliminate all the other stuff, I can just be. I can have open access to the creator of the universe that has also promised to be closer than a brother. And that, those two things side by side is kind of mind blowing too. But I don't have to worry about if I measure up or if I've let him down. I know that he desires honor and praise. And as long as I live my life in a way that makes God famous, then I can be okay knowing I'm doing it right. It doesn't matter if it looks like what everybody else is doing or not. If I'm making God
0: famous, I'm doing it right. You know, I used to use this phrase and and statement a lot with teenagers when I was in student ministry, and I'm going to say it here, and some of the ones that are in the room that are now in their early 20s are going to remember this, but it was a very uh, common thing that I would repeat to our students a lot, and it was, if if your prayer is simply this, that God, I want you to use my life to make you famous, he's going to answer that prayer. Like if you're legit and you're honest about it and you're, you, are, you are really true, truly asking God to, uh, to this prayer, God, use my life, whatever it takes, use my life to make you famous, he's gonna answer that prayer. Because again, he's after the glory that he receives and he can receive some major glory through your life. And I wanna encourage you with that thought. Hopefully some of this stuff was was impactful or maybe even you know, mind altering a little bit today. Um, it's so important for you to to be able to grasp this idea. And so again, a lot of this stuff is going to be available on the hub so you can catch up and read through it a little bit later. Again, there's questions there to even take a look at your life and to be able to challenge you as the week goes on. But any parting thoughts sure. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.